Hello and welcome to episode number 37 of the 10 to Track Weekly World Match Previews podcast. I am your host, Soccer Noob. Noob, but that's right. My name's no joke. I've only been following the sport for a few years. It doesn't stop me from having a show. It's what everybody does, right? But hopefully you'll find this one very unique for a couple different reasons. One of them is my new-to-being-alive nine-year-old daughter, Person Noob. Say hello, daughter. Hello! Thank you. That's perfect. She joins me on the show as well. We have lots of fun learning about the sport every single week. And what do we do on this uh, quote unquote learning journey? We do mini previews of three to maybe five and a half minutes for 10 different super exciting Paramount matches from any and everywhere in the world. Yes, we will be coming big, covering big international tournament matches and big clubs from the biggest leagues. But a lot of shows do that, and they do it very well, and that's wonderful. We will also be looking at the very best matches from some smaller tournaments or from some of the medium-sized and even smaller leagues around the world. If it's important where it's being played, we are probably going to be covering it here every single week. And not only do we learn about the sport, but we pride ourselves on learning a lot about the history, culture, things like that. We learn about the world by learning about the sport. Lots of fun. Now, we're going to be covering matches from this week, uh, Friday, June 25, through Thursday, July 1st. That said, with no further ado, let's jump right into the track with... March number one! We always keep things chronologically oriented, and therefore our first match is a Friday match, and we're headed to the UEFA Champions League. Which might sound confusing, because wasn't the final just... A couple, three weeks ago. That's true for the 2021 version, but this tournament really nearly goes year round. This is the beginning of the 2021-22 version, and this match is the preliminary final. All the little countries start off with their champions playing early on, and we don't get the uh, bigger clubs from the bigger countries for months and months. In any case, uh, there are four teams that start in this round, and the two that have advanced to the preliminary final are FC Pristina out of Kosovo and Interclube de Escaldes from Andorra. And the winner, they already know, is going to get to play Ferenc Varos from the Hungarian NB1. They were the champions there. The loser will not be uh, done for their international play, but instead of dropping like they have in the past into an early round of the secondary international club tournament in Europe, the Europa League, for the first time they've started a tertiary tournament as well, which is the Europa Conference League. And the loser of this match will drop down into one of the early qualifying rounds for that one. And that team will get to face either uh, Teuta Duras from Albania or Sharif Taraspol from Moldova. Moldova, rather, the champions of their respective top flight leagues. Let's learn a little bit about each. Uh, Pristina, I don't know if something's lost in the translation here, but they are known as the Clods. Yeah, it's got to be something lost into the translation. That just seems odd. In any case, um, of the 55 leagues in UEFA, this is currently ranked as the number 52 league. Now, to be perfectly honest, this is probably not one of the three or uh, or four weakest leagues uh, in Europe. And the only reason they're probably still having to play their champion in the preliminary round is that they have not been a UEFA member long enough to really have earned enough uh, cumulative points over just a few years of play to raise their coefficient. That will happen in due time. It's no surprise they're here. 
The club, however, doesn't quite rate in the top 300 in UEFA, just to kind of give some perspective. Uh, A few notes about the town, which is of the same name as the club. It's about 150,000 in the city proper, a half million total, pretty good size. It's in the eastern part of the country near the uh, Galak Mountains. And uh, this city is the number two Albanian-speaking city in the world. And the one that would uh, interest Person Noob the most, because she is a big fan of the Kids Bob version of the song Levin. Imitating a international pop sensation, I believe Dua Lipa is from here. Historically, this is uh, the best team from this league. It's the only one that's never been relegated from it, in fact, and they've won the league title 11 times. Yet, if the information I have is right, this is the first time they've ever actually gotten to participate in a Champions League. In the domestic league this past year, they won by uh, two points in the table over defending champs uh, Drita. Uh, they have pl- played in the last four Europa Leagues. They've only gotten to win one match, though, uh, the 2017-18 edition. To advance uh, from the semifinal to this preliminary final, they had to beat Folgore from San Marino, enclave country over in Italy, and they beat them uh, nil-two. In terms of their domestic league, uh, number two on offense, number one on defense, and the name to look for, tied for number three in the league from scoring. I don't know if it's pronounced Otto or Oto, because I've seen it both with two and one T. Let's go with Oto. Oto John, he's a Nigerian 23-year-old forward. And now let's move on to Interclube de Escaldes from Andorra, which if you don't happen to be familiar with the microstates of Europe, is a little tiny one in the Pyrenees, uh, caught right in the middle between Spain and France. Uh, they were the Primera Divisio champions, and uh, this is the number 54-rated league in all of UEFA. Uh, they are from a, a town and parish, I believe it's both, called Escaldes Engordine. It's only got about 15,000 in the whole parish. Uh, a little fun side note, just because it is so tiny and in the mountains, they don't have their own post office, I read. Their country is served in that fashion by both Spain and France, but the only school in the entire parish uh, is, or in the country, I believe, is a uh, school that is taught in Spanish. So, interesting. In any case, back to the footy. They are the two-time defending league champions. Uh, These are the only two titles that they hold uh, to advance to this final. They beat, uh, let me see if I can get the pronunciation right, H.B. Toshau in the preliminary round uh, from the Faroe Islands. Uh, They don't have any Champions League or Europa League wins to their credit, I don't believe. I know that they didn't last year get anything in the Europa League. They won their domestic league by five, had the best offense by a little bit, and the best defense by a lot. That is where they really get things done. They weren't even on average letting in a goal every other game. Uh, Their offense is led on the scoring leaderboard by Gerard Artigas from Spain. Match number B. Thank you very much, daughter dearest. Person noob, for your weekly reminder that, quite frankly, number two is bathroom talk new bites. And we will not partake of such uncouthness any more than is necessary. Hopefully that's the only time this podcast, as we remind you that you were invited to join the revolution that is number B. Try to use it in your daily lives. Why not? You'll get odd looks. In any case, our second match is a Saturday match and we're headed to MLS. What team noob here we believe is the most intriguing match of the week. And that is going to be number seven, Real Salt Lake versus number five, Houston. Uh, Those ranks are from the Western Conference. The conference winners, uh, one from the East and one from the West, will each get to advance all the way to their conference playoff semifinals come playoff time. And then the next six from each conference will all make the first round. 
Now, St. Louis have had the best of it. They are eight, three, and five all time. This is their first meeting this year. Talk a little bit about each. Uh, first in admission, neither of these teams is my very favorite. I don't like to play favorites for the most part, but I do have some teams that I dislike, albeit for what you may find to be weird reasons. We'll find out. Real, Spanish for royal, used in Spain to denote royal patronage that was given by the king or queen or both in Spain. Uh, as you might remember from your elementary school history classes and beyond, our forefathers here sort of uh, fought a big, big battle to get us away from a monarchy. We haven't had that here in a couple hundred years, been under one's thumb. So why they chose to be Real Salt Lake is beyond me. But the team does have a saving grace that I just learned about while doing my research this week. The official anthem for the team is by the ska punk band Rancid. Now, uh, not just saying this, very true. Uh, noob likes his ska. Noob likes his punk. Noob apparently likes referring to himself in the third person. I love ska punk. This is really one of my favorite bands. So I am now a, a little bit more of a fan of Salt Lake than I was before. Uh, back to the footy anyway. Uh, they have three matches in hand against Houston. So they're probably the stronger team or at least have uh, earned more points in the table per game on average with three matches in hand against the Dynamo. Uh, internationally, they've had some success. You have to go back to 2011, but they were actually the runners-up for the CONCACAF Conference League. Uh, in the 2017 edition, they made the quarterfinals. That was the most recent time they've qualified for that event. And they have won one MLS Cup. That's the playoff title and official league champion. They did that back in 2009. Last year, not so much so. They only finished number 11 in the West. This year, their current form, not so great right now, not all time bad, but uh, one win, three draws, one loss. And uh, they haven't managed to keep a, three, a clean sheet in any of the last three matches. Overall for this year, statistically, tied for number six on offense, number two on defense. Oh, there I went and did it. I said I wasn't going to be uncouth. Uh, hopefully we have some sort of prices right or other uh, losing sounder that we can throw in there. And they are tied for number four all time in golf and inferential. Second best defense or number B defense on the scoring and assist leaderboard. Uh, their big star is Damir Krylic. Uh, he spent the, he's a veteran. He spent the heart of his career with Union Berlin over in Germany's top flight, the Bundesliga. Now on to the challengers, Houston on the road. They are the orange crush. Big news for them down there. Their majority ownership just changed to a New York investor named Ted Siegel. I always like to look for the minority owners though. Uh, James Harden, big star from the NBA, of course, and uh, former boxer Oscar De La Hoya are big minority owners. Now, the reason that we can't root for Houston and is the same reason that we've uh, uh, badmouthed Orlando a little bit before and even Miami. The management agrees with me on this, so we're all on board, the management being the guy who does the editing and producing. It is not wise to build a city on a swamp, nor will we root for any team that is in a city built on a swamp. Only bad things can come from such bad urban planning, so we're not big, big fans of Houston around here. 
That said, they have won the MLS Cup a couple times, uh, 2006 and in 2007, back-to-back. They reached the uh, CONCACAF Champions League semifinals both those years, plus in three of their other five appearances is that event. So they've never quite won it, but they've gotten really close. This year, second-best offense going. Defense is where they're going to have some problems. They're only tied for 11th best right now. It averages out, though, that they've got a goal differential of number five in the uh, conference. On the scoring leaderboard, Maximiliano Uruti from Argentina, a veteran striker. He's played for a bunch of MLS teams the last few years. Uh, Last year was with Montreal, in fact. But I'm going to say, if you catch this game on uh, TUDN at 8 p.m. Eastern, the all-around best player that I want you to look for is their left winger, another veteran named uh, Fabrice uh, Picault. He spent last year with Dallas, oddly enough. He's got two goals and two assists on the season so far. Match number three. Match number three is another Saturday match, and we are headed back to the Europe for the European Championships. The Euros have reached the round of 16, and the uh, most interesting-looking matchup to us here at Team New was Wales versus Denmark, which is going to be the early game. You can catch it on at noon Eastern time on ESPN. Denmark lead the all-time series with two wins, no draws, no losses. They're playing this at a neutral site in Amsterdam, and the winner is going to get the winner of the match between the Netherlands and the Czech Republic. Let's talk a little bit about Wales, the Dragons. St. George would love it. FIFA ranks them number 12, I believe, in UEFA that uses a different coefficient. They're only rated number 17 on the continent, though. Uh, This is their second straight and second overall all-time appearance in the Euros. And when they made the semifinals in the 2016 version, they were the smallest country to ever do so. Uh, They advanced out of the group stage by finishing in second place behind Italy, and they just snuck through on tiebreakers. They had been tied with Switzerland, got through uh, on overall goal differential. They had uh, played to a draw when they played Switzerland. They went 1-1-1 in the group with just three goals for, but only two goals against. Uh, They are capped by international superstar Gareth Bale, who has nearly 100 national team caps with them, in fact. Uh, He spent a lot of his career with Tottenham Hotspur and then went over to Real Madrid, and he's been back on loan with uh, Tottenham Hotspur this last season. Uh, If you're watching this, the thing to look for is just how incredibly fast he is, even at his age. He's a little bit of a veteran. Also, if you catch him on a free kick, look for the movement. He's very famous for uh, hitting knuckleball free kicks, and he loves to blast shots from outside the box. Their best midfielder, it's probably Aaron Ramsey plays over in uh, Serie A in Italy for Juventus. He plays a box-to-box role. Uh, in Italy, they call it a Mazzala, which is really interesting. Spent most of a career with Arsenal, though. If you're looking for him on the field, just be sure to be looking at the right-hand part of the screen when it's going right to left, because he likes to make powerful, powerful runs from very deep positions. And then in goal, he plays for Crystal Palace, though I'm not sure if he was starting a lot of last season, is Wayne Hennessy. Uh, Meanwhile, Denmark, number 10 ranked by FIFA, number 7 in UEFA. I love the name of their supporters. I hadn't caught this before until I was doing my research this week. Sort of an answer to the uh, hooliganism of the 90s. Their fans pride themselves on being incredibly well-behaved and very polite. They are known as the Rolligans. I'm not sure what the ROL prefixes there for, but they are apparently very, very uh, pleasant and well-behaved. They've got some international success on their side. They won this event, though. You've got to go back to 1992 to catch them hoisting the trophy. They missed the 2016 Euros entirely. And in fact, uh, their only appearance this decade was in 2012, and they didn't get past the group stage. 
this year in the group stage, they finished in second place. Uh, they uh, First place in the group was Belgium. And you want to talk about sneaking through. They came out on top of a three-way tie. They had gone 1-0-2 oh, and just barely got out of the group. Five goals for, very good. Four goals against, uh, not so good, but not all-time worse. And even if you haven't been following this event super closely, my newer listeners, you will uh, certainly have caught in the news uh, that their superstar, uh, Kristen Erickson, he had cardiac arrest during the first match of the group stage, an 0-1 loss uh, to Finland. But uh, from my understanding, is uh, more than stable and doing quite well now. So the biggest offensive threat they probably have going currently is Martin Braithwaite. He plays forward position for Barcelona. He's got over 50 national team caps to his credit. And then from the midfield uh, with Ericsson out, uh, probably their best or at the very least most experienced one is uh, Thomas uh, Delanet or Delanet, not sure of the pronunciation, uh, plays a bit more defensively than Ericsson would have. And then uh, in goal is Kasper Schmeichel. And uh, another one of their captains on the defensive side to look for is Simon Kerr, who plays for Milan over in Italy. Match number four. Another Saturday match for number four and another Champions League match. But this time from Asia, the AFC Champions League. They are just starting their group stage where the 20 teams have been divided into five groups of four each because that's how the math would work. And the uh, winners of each, of course, and then the three best runners up will all advance to the knockout round. And the most intriguing-looking matchup was Vietel versus Ulsan Hyundai. Now, Vietel, they are playing out of Vietnam, as you might guess by the name, and Ulsan Hyundai out of South Korea. These two clubs have never played before. They are playing in Group F that also includes a somewhat surprising upstart, Kaya from the Philippines, and BG Patum United from Thailand. Let's learn a little bit about each of Vietel. Uh, they are known as the Red Tornado, and they play out of the capital of uh, Hanoi. And they are named, as you might imagine, by the end of the name for a telecom. Uh, the V-League, the top flight in Vietnam, is rated number 16 in the AFC. Now, just to give a little bit of perspective, uh, in the AFC coefficients, there's uh, two big groupings and everybody else. The top six leagues, there's a big gap between them and the next five. And then after that is sort of everybody else. So Vietnam is in the everybody else, though they're among the better ones from that particular subheading. Uh, the team was founded as an army team specifically, but in 2009, the management transferred to this telecom and it is still a military telecom. So they still got close connections to that bit of history. Uh, this is the best all-time team historically in Vietnam. They've had some more, they've had trouble of late with the exception of this last year. Of course, they've been uh, yo-yoing between uh, the top flight and the second division. In fact, they've only been back in the top flight there the last two seasons. 1999-2000 uh, was the only year they made any kind of international appearance, I believe, and they didn't get any wins. Uh, they finished in second place in the regular season this year in the league, and then they went on into the championship round uh, to win by two over Hanoi FC, and they've been in really, really good form. They were 6-1-0 and in the seven-game championship round. Uh, in the regular season, they were tied for just number five on offense, but uh, tied for the very best defense in the entire league. The offense that they do get, team top score is Trong Huang Win, plays central midfielder, and he had three goals for them. Meanwhile, you're probably, I'm throwing in a bit of an asterisk here that'll become clear in a minute, heavy favorites, Ulsan Hyundai out of South Korea. That's the number five rated league in the AFC. So again, they're from that 
top grouping of six. They are the Tigers and uh, Ulsan, if you're not familiar, that is the industrial uh, mega city uh, in the southeast portion of the country. They've got about 1.1 million people. Uh, They are the defending Champions League champions, and they also won the event in 2012. Uh, They made the round of 16, uh, the two of the years in between, I believe. Uh, They finished just second place this year in uh, K-League 1 in South Korea, but that was good enough to get a Champions League berth. Uh, They lost out on the title to uh, Jambuk by three points. They had the uh, second-best offense and defense and may have been the best team. They had the best overall goal differential. Now, here's where the asterisk comes in. The number one league score by far, by probably close to 40% of the league, was Brazilian veteran Junior Negrau has been them with them for quite a while. But here's the thing. This late bloomer is not with the team anymore. He has just got sent uh, in February, I believe, Chen Chung Yatai that just got promoted from the second division to the first division in the Super League in China is who now has his rights. So I'm pretty sure we won't be seeing him in this game. So it's going to be interesting to see who the scoring duties are going to be taken over by, if anyone. And then also uh, top 10 for assists to look for in the box score is Kim In Sung. Match number five. Now we flip the calendar to Sunday, and our fifth match takes us to Australia. The A-League is having what they call their grand final, that is their playoff final. And you can watch this if you get up early enough stateside, or depending on your lifestyle, stay up late enough. ESPN Plus at 3.05 a.m., that's when the kickoff's going to be. Uh, give you some information on the format for these playoffs. The top six teams in the league made the playoffs. The top two got to start in the semifinals. Also from the regular season, that is when they determine which teams qualify for the next AFC Champions League. And these two teams happen to finish 1-2, so they've already secured their spots in the 21-22 iteration. Need just a little bit of vocabulary for this league. When I say premier, that means... And that's to identify a club. That means that they won the regular season. The champion is the one that wins the playoffs. So MLS fans, just think of uh, Premier as Supporters Shield, if you will. And the matchup, it's going to be number one Melbourne City FC, uh, taking on second place from the regular season, Sydney FC. Uh, This is going to be a home game for Melbourne. Uh, Sydney, however, lead the all-time series 15, 10, and 10, but it's Melbourne City that have had the best of it this year. Uh, They managed a 1-1 draw on the road and beat Sydney FC 3-2 this season. Now, a little bit about each. Melbourne City. Uh, This is a club that probably just barely ranks inside the top 100 in all of Asia, and uh, they are owned by City Football Group which amongst many other teams owns Manchester City of the Premier League. And thusly, they switched colors uh, in 2014 when they were bought up. And uh, that led to a pretty big, long battle with Sydney because Sydney uses a very, very similar blue uh, to the Manchester City blue. Melbourne City, by the way, used to be known as Melbourne Heart, which is kind of a name that I liked. Uh, Let's see. Last year, they finished uh, in second place in the regular season. Um, this year, this is the only time they've ever won the Premiership and they have never been champions. Their season will not end today. They are still alive in uh, the Champions League. They're about to play Sarazo Osaka from Japan in a playoff round. Internationally, their best success came when they were members of the Oceania Football 
uh, Confederation. Yes, obviously we know Australia is not part of Asia, but about roughly a decade ago they joined the AFC. So now New Zealand is the best one in the OFC. In any case, they won that tournament in 2005. As far as international experience in the AFC Champions League, in 2016 was their best finish. They made the round of 16. Otherwise, they've never managed to get past the group stage. To advance to this grand final, they beat uh, a new team, MacArthur FC, the finish number five in the regular season, two to nothing. In the regular season, they had the number one offense in the league by far, scoring well over two points per match, number four defense, not too bad. And they get to boast number one league scorer, uh, 25 years old, or no, I'm sorry, 25 goals to his credit, almost twice as many as anybody else. That's Jamie McLaren. European football fans may recognize his name. He played from 2017 through 19 uh, for second-tier German team SV Darmstadt 98. And for the second year of that, he was loaned to a Scottish top-flight team, Hibernians. Meanwhile, Sydney FC. Uh, this is your historically great one in Australia, and they are pretty close to being ranked 25 in the AFC. They lost to the regular season by just two points in the table. Uh, last year, they won the Premiership, which they have done four times, which is the most of any team ever in the country's history, and they've won three of the last four. They've done it on defense. They were the only club that allowed less than one goal per match, but that said, their offense was very, very average, just tied for number six. Uh, what offense they do get comes at the feet of number four league scorer Bobo from Brazil and European fans. Uh, well, fans from anywhere might recognize his name. He has been all over the world, but he spent the heart of his career. The place you're most likely to know him from is one of the really good clubs in Turkey, uh, Besiktas. Person noob. Imitating our kitties for no sensible reason. That sounder means that it's time for us to take a break from our tracking of the coming week's matches and do what we purport to do, that is, namely, track. Let's recap the matches from last week's podcast. Match number one was a Saturday match from the MLS, where the LA Galaxy took on Seattle Sounders, and it was the road team, the Sounders, coming out with a 1-2 win. Uh, Their star player, uh, Raul Ruiz Diaz, had the winning goal in the 49th minute, and this drops the LA Galaxy at the time to fourth place in the Western Conference. Match number B from the Uzbekistan Super League, number one Pakhtakor took on uh, second place, Sogdiana, and they played to a nil-nil draw. Sunday, match number three, came back stateside to the NWSL. The ladies, number one, Orlando Pride, taking on number four, Gotham FC, and it was played out to a 1-1 draw. Orlando, very excitingly, got the equalizer in the 90th minute. Match number four was uh, Girona versus Rio Vallecano. They were just fifth and sixth place in the regular season in Spain's uh, second division, but they were playing in the promotional playoffs to see who would be the third and final team to advance to La Liga next year. And it was Rio Vallecano coming out on top. Nil two. Congratulations to them. Uh, guy we said to look for, Alvaro Garcia scored the first goal, and then they managed to hold on despite losing a player to a second yellow in the 56th minute. Match number five, we went to Lesotho in Africa, their Premier League. 
number one Bantu taking on second place Matlama and it was Matlana coming out on top of the L2 so that pulls them within three points of Bantu for the lead lead Wednesday match number six the AFC Champions League was our destination group stage Shanghai Port taking on Kaya or rather this was a playoff round match with the winner getting to go to the group stage and it was an upset yes Kaya coming out on top nil one congratulations to team from the Philippines. Match number seven, we went to the AFC Cup secondary tournament there. East Asia Zone uh, started their group stage and it was Tainan City out of Taiwan taking on Athletic 2-2-0 FC out of Mongolia and Tainan City, the favorites won 3-0 and Jui uh, Chia Chen, whose name I'm sure I'm butchering had a brace of goals in the contest. Our bonus match is explanation coming later. Our route of the week was a Wednesday match from the NWSL with last place Kansas City taking on number one Orlando. And Orlando came out on top 1-3. Sydney LaRue had a brace of goals and Courtney Peterson assisted on both of those. The most meaningless match in the world was a Saturday match from MLS that you had voted on. And it was 10th place in the East DC United taking on 11th place Inter Miami. And it was DC coming out on top 1-0. Uh, they lost players to Reds in both the 56th and the 84th minute. Wow. And uh, DC United climbed up to number six in the standings into a playoff position. Perhaps not so meaningless after all. And the match of disappointment was a Sunday match out of the Damals Venskan League out of Sweden. That's the women's top flight. And it was number 12, Bequa, taking on number 11, Jorgordan. And they played to a nil-nil draw, as so often happens in the match of disappointment. And that finishes off your recap from last episode. Now let's get back to the current week's tracking with... Match number six. Another Sunday match. And we go off to hit another confederation. Get those frequent flyer miles. We're off to Africa. Ghana specifically. Their Premier League is ranked just above average uh, for the CAF. They are number 23 rated in Africa for their league. There's only four matches to go in this year's season, so this isn't exactly a final, but it's the next best thing, and it is going to be between number one, Hearts of Oak, versus number B, Asante Kotoko FC. They are tied on points in the table. Hearts of Oak lead by just three on goal differential. Now, there are five teams within 10 points, but really this is still going to be a two-horse race, almost certainly, unless there's a couple of major collapses because none of the teams are any closer than seven points. They've played once already this regular season at Asante Kotoko, and that match went to a nil-nil draw. Kind of fun to look sometimes at what the winning teams win, especially when it's from confederations that maybe don't get as much attention in the U.S. or Europe. Uh, the winning club is going to get 250,000 SETI, their currency there. In U.S. dollars, that translates to just about converts, I should say, to about $40,000. And the winning team will get $10,000 or about, or SETI rather, or about 1700 bucks in groceries. Good on them. Look at the studio filled with fabulous prizes. Now, uh, history buffs, unfortunately, may recognize uh, this particular matchup uh, for a not-so-happy reason. Uh, when these two played in 2001, 127 people died. Hooligans were ripping seats out, and then the cops there had to fire tear gas into the stands. And, as you might imagine, there was a huge stampede to get out, and that's when that all happened. 
But let's get back to the football first, a little bit about Hearts of Oak. I just love that name and their nickname, not very tree-oriented. They are known as the Phobia. Kind of cool. They play out of the capital city of Accra. They have 20 league titles to their credit, but they haven't won at all since 2009. Won the Champions League back in 2000, which for a uh, kind of tells me that Ghana used to have probably a little bit better league than they've had in more recent years. Perhaps they can rise once again. Uh, last year, they aborted the season about halfway through, 15 matches in, and this team was only in eighth place at the time. This year, second best offense, second best defense, very well balanced and very much the team that I think is going to win this uh, running away here down in the last leg of the regular season. On the scoring leaderboard for them, a guy that who knows we might be seeing in Europe or elsewhere, very young and very good, 22-year-old Obeng Kwajo Jr., and then they also boast the second best goalie in terms of clean sheets in Richard Atta. Meanwhile, Asante Kotoko <laughs> maybe the best nickname going. I mean, I loved the phobia, but I really love the Porcupine Warriors, and they have got a big old porky right on the crest there. Uh, that said, they're, uh, they've also got their team model right on the crest, and it's a little scarier. It translates to, if you kill a thousand, a thousand more will come. A little bit of quasi-explanation on that. The porcupine is a symbol of the what was the Ashanti kingdom, and it's their area is still known as the Ashanti region. It's sort of central in the country, and yet basically in your mind, you want to equate this to being a semi-autonomous region like Catalonia in Spain. And it was its own kingdom for hundreds of years, right up till uh, 1955 or 57, I want to say. They play out of the city of uh, Kumasi, which has about three and a half million people up there. And in a little bit of less than sort of happy history, it was just last year, uh, January of 2020, this team had to be temporarily banned from their own stadium. Uh, there was some sort of questionable referee decision the fans did not like, and they were throwing so much stuff on the field that the cops eventually had to start firing rubber billets, bullets. And I know there was at one uh, a moderately serious injury. Woof. Anyway, they have a partnership with Sunderland out of League One in England, which is interesting. Uh, they are the best historical team. They've got three more titles than their uh, adversaries today. 23 league titles historically, but like the Phobia, they haven't won it in a while. 2013-14 was the last time. Uh, they've won the Champions League twice, but you've got to go way back for that, 1970 and 1983. They haven't been out of the first round in that event since 2007. Last year, they were doing a little bit better. They were in third place when the season got aborted. This year, best defense running in the league, but it's really going to have to travel today because they've only got the number eight offense going in the league. Very average there. And uh, so the guy to look for in the box, score for the saves, number one goalkeeper in the league is Razak Abalora. Uh, he came out of the West African Football Academy, which, with which I was unfamiliar. It was founded by a club called Feyenoord out of the Netherlands. And then another guy that could be key to the match on the assist leaderboard in the league is Brazilian Fabio Gama. Match number seven. Staying on Sunday on the calendar and remaining in Africa for our seventh match, it's championship day for the league in Togo. Their Championnat Nacional de Premier División, if I'm getting my French right there. This is the 31st ranked league in all of Africa. And not that this has anything to do with how many uh, international berths they get. They'll just send the one to the Champions League. But for some reason in Africa, they only rank the 32 out of the 50 
some odd leagues that they have there. In any case, your championship match pits number one, ASC Cara versus number B from the regular season, ASKO De Cara. They're going to be playing this in the capital city of uh, Lome. These two finished 1-2 in the much stronger of the two divisions, the North Division in Togo. And uh, this is going to be a doozy because they played in the regular season twice to 1-1 and 2-2 scored draws. Uh, ASC Cara won the North Division best overall in the league by four points out of their fairly short uh, regular season. They played just 14 matches. ASC Cara, they play out of the capital of the region of the same name. Uh, this is an area that mostly relies on subsistence agriculture, yet there they are having a professional or semi-professional team, which is interesting. City is about 100,000. It's about uh, 250 miles north of the capital city of Lome. They've only won the league title once, I believe, and that was in 2018-19. They advanced to this championship final uh, via the two-legged semifinal over uh, second best from the South Division, OTR. Uh, first match went nil-nil, and then they uh, went back to ASC Cara, where they won in a route 4-0. They had the number one best offense in the North Division by far, scoring exactly three goals per match and the second best defense in the division. Meanwhile, your challengers, A-S-K-O, the K stands for Koza, which if I understand correctly, refers to a northern area in the Kara region. I still think though that they actually played their home matches in Kara City proper. Uh, if this name rings a bell, football history buffs, Boy, not much of a day for finding happy things for the historical side notes in Africa. Uh, in uh, 2010, an assistant coach and two others were shot dead in a terrorist attack against the national team, and that affected some of the players from this club. In any case, on to happier things. They have won five titles and are the defending champions of the league. They hadn't won a title since 2007 before that. Uh, they just finished playing a little while ago, uh, the 2021 Champions League, uh, but they lost in the preliminary round. They advanced to this uh, final by beating uh, best from the South Division, Togo Port, 2-1 and then 1-2 on the road for a 4-2 aggregate. And they have the second best offense and the very best defense in the entire division. Match number eight. Quite a weekend, was it not? Well, Nubines, you get a couple of days break because our next match for tracking, match number eight, is a Wednesday match. And we're headed back stateside, but not to MLS for the first time for this podcast Ever, we're going to the United States second division, the USL championship, which is divided into two conferences with two divisions each. And this match is going to be from the mountain division. Now the top four from each of the four divisions are going to get to go to the playoffs. This matchup is in the division number one, Rio Grande Valley versus number B, El Paso Locomotive. And you can catch it as you can, I believe, all USL championship games on ESPN+. Plus. It's going to be kicking off at 8 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday. El Paso lead the brief, all, the brief all-time series, 2-1-1 one, and one by the record. They've met once already this season, and El Paso won that game 1-0. We'll see how they do on the road. And El Paso, even though they're behind on the table, are probably your strongest team in the division. They have played three fewer games. They have three matches in hand compared to RGV. Let's take a look at RGV first. They are known as the Toros, and they are based in uh, Edinburgh, which is way south Texas, near uh, the McAllen area. I think that might be the biggest uh, city down there, very near the border. 
club was founded just five years ago. And interestingly, uh, this is the USL's first hybrid club. And by, uh, by that, here's what I mean. Uh, Houston Dynamo from the MLS, their organization controls uh, the player contracts, the hiring of coaches, management, and the, the local ownership uh, group controls the day-to-day things, the operations. So kind of an interesting setup. Last year, they did not start out so well. They finished uh, number uh, 16 of the 18 teams in the Western Conference. So they've really gotten it together for this season. That said, their most recent form, they're only 0-1-2 in their last three. Uh, pretty average, to be perfectly honest, on both offense and defense overall for the conference, as well as overall goal differential. On the assist leaderboard is James Murphy, 23-year-old midfielder, European fans. Uh, you would have to be pretty deep in your knowledge there. Last season, he was in Scotland with their uh, the championship, not the premiership, their second division with a club called Abrith. Probably, however, their all-around best player is from a really interesting place. Don't see a lot of football players from here. At least I don't. He's from Cuba. Adrian Dispey, excellent passer. Uh, goes pretty well box to box. He's already got one assist and he's uh, created seven uh, big goal chances on the season. So you can expect him to get plenty more assists as the season goes on. Uh, on the goalkeeping leaderboard for clean sheets is Tyler Derrick. He's actually a veteran, not a younger fella, 32 years old. Uh, if you recognize his name, he's had some issues in, uh, with the law in the past uh, uh, I believe he admitted to headbutting his girlfriend. Uh, he had a tangle with a police officer after he and a buddy weren't allowed into a bar once. Hopefully he's passed all that stuff. Uh, he spent 2009 through 19 with the Houston Dynamo, uh, had uh, 90 appearances uh, with them, and then also had some time with them on loan out. And interestingly, American history buffs, he was the first ever homegrown player from the Houston Academy and the second in the U.S. from any of their youth academies, which have been really up and coming in recent years. Now, El Paso Locomotive, probably the best team in the league, although unless you like your defense, not necessarily the most exciting. They were founded only three years ago. They're the only undefeated team in the entire Western Conference remaining there, 4-3-0 on the year. All the other teams have at least two losses. Last year, they finished number six in the West, but they made the conference playoff finals. They are only tied for 13th best on offense in the conference, but they've also only allowed three goals. What is known affectionately, or not so much, as parking the bus. They like to uh, shape their defense in the form of just a wall, pretty much. And that's all they do. They don't even try to score. I think it happens by accident. Uh, Their goalkeeper, man getting it done in the net, is Adrian Zendejas, uh, he's been on the roster for Nashville and Minnesota the last couple of years, but I don't think he made any appearances for either one. Uh, he played with U-20s for a much better club, probably uh, Tijuana, Tijuana in Liga MX. Their best all-around player, however, in my opinion, is probably Macaulay King from England. He plays uh, right back, a defensive player by position, but he does do some midfield work for them as well. He's an excellent tackler on defense, but he's got two goals and two assists on the season. Match number nine. This is another Wednesday match. We're headed back to Asia, but this time not for the Champions League, but it is another international tournament, the AFC Cup, which is their secondary tournament there. It's sort of like the Europa League, but with the AFC Cup, you don't get any of the teams from the very, very best leagues in Asia. This is for sort of the runners-up 
of some of the mid-tier leagues and the champions of some of the lower leagues. The way the AFC describes it is this is more designed for teams from quote-unquote soccer-developing countries, uh, your smaller and or perhaps poorer nations or places like India where football isn't the number one sport. So it's really interesting, I think, the way they've got that set up. Uh, they're in the group stage. The winner's going to get to play in the next Champions League. The 2020 version got canceled partway through, so they're excited to get back to it, I am sure. The teams alive have been uh, divided into groups of either three or four, and all the winners are, of course, going to advance. Plus, um, there are 10 groups, and they are based on the five zones uh, that the AFC divides the continent into. The runners-up in the ASEAN, or Southeast Asia, as well as the West Asian ones, are also going to get to advance. And this is a match from the ASEAN, or Southeast Asia Zone. Bali United Pusam out of Indonesia versus uh, Boyung Ket out of Cambodia. Now, historically, this event has been dominated by teams from West Asia, but the last couple of years, uh, Southern and Southeast Asia have been the ones winning the title. So let's learn a little bit about each. First, Bali United Pasan. They are known as, this is a good week for nicknames, uh, the Tridatu Warriors. Uh, that term refers to, uh, in Balinese Hindu, uh, sort of the three-part manifestation of God, so sort of their trinity. In any case, uh, they play out of uh, Bali, as you would imagine, with the club named from the Regency of Gyanyar, which basically think of that as a district, and is big, about a half million people. Uh, this is the uh, artistic or cultural as well as the tourist capital district of Bali, essentially. Uh, the team in its current form has only been around for about five years, but it was, uh, it's was it been around a long time. Total rebrand under the current name, though. Uh, this league is rated number 28 out of the 46 in the AFC that they come from. Uh, the 2020 version of their domestic top flight, the Liga 1, got canceled just three games in. Uh, this team is ranked uh, probably about number 85 in all of the AFC to lend some perspective how they compare to the rest of the continent. They've only won one league title, but that said, they've only had top flight professional football in this country for six years. Uh, Pusam won the 2019 league title. That's when they got that, so the last full season. And then they got to play in the 2020 Champions League, and they even won a preliminary round match. So this is a team with some fairly recent experience. That said, their last nine matches across all competitions, they haven't kept a single clean sheet. And now, uh, uh, Boyung Ket, I'm hoping I'm getting my pronunciation right. They are the Blue Dragon, easier for me to say, and play out of the capital of Phnom Penh. Uh, the Sea League, the top line in Cambodia, is rated number 31 in the AFC, so this could be a pretty even matchup. They have won four domestic league titles in all of them since 2010. That said, they've never gotten past the group stage of the AFC Cup. Last year in the domestic league, which did get played, they had the second best offense and defense running. Uh, this year, they're off to a little bit of a slow start, but it's very early in the domestic league season. The offense has struggled. The defense still looks very, very good. The offense they have been getting, uh, you can look for number two league leading score. Whoops, number B league leading score. Boy, Persanub is just going to absolutely have to... Uh, punish me, make a, make me eat an awful sandwich for one of her uh, person noob sandwich review segments. Anyway, last year, number B leading score, Matt Noron, 23-year-old forward, and they have the fourth best goalkeeper in the league, uh, Hu Kim Hui, who's only 21 years old. And match number 10, we're done. Finally! 
Our last official match is a Thursday match, and it brings us back stateside for an international friendly between the women's national teams of the USA and Mexico. They're going to play this in East Hartford, Connecticut. Uh, The usual source I checked didn't happen to yet list any TV coverage for this, but I've discovered for these friendlies that that source just doesn't seem to pick up on that. You'll probably be able to catch this on Fox or FS1. That's where I usually see it. In any case, USA lead the all-time series 5-0-0. You probably listen to other podcasts about football if you're catching catching this soccer podcast, so I won't pretend that you already don't know a fair bit about the U.S. team. I prefer in these instances to focus on the other team. Let's learn a bit about the Mexican national team side. Uh, They are considered the third best team in CONCACAF behind the United States and uh, Canada, but just number 28 from FIFA. Professional soccer over there uh, has usually been dominated by uh, men's teams, men's coverage. The the women's scene is fairly new for this. Uh, Their form, they are 1-2-2 in their last five matches. They've lost their last two, including last month when they went to Japan, their most recent game. Uh, Japan's one of the best teams in the world, and they lost 5-1 over there. Not really any shame in that, to be perfectly honest. They've been to the Women's World Cup three different times uh, since 1999, but they've never gotten past the group stage. They did not happen to qualify in the last iteration in 2019. But the Women's CONCACAF Champions League last year, the 2020 version, they made the semifinals, and that was their best ever finish. As far as players to look for, their most experienced and I believe best player on the team is uh, Stephanie Mayor. Uh, her rights are owned by UANL right now of Liga MX uh, Femenil. She's got almost 90 national team caps. She's not quite 30 years old, and yet that practically makes her a grandmother on this team. You look up and down the roster, it is incredibly young. She played the last three years over in Europe, Iceland specifically, before coming back to UANL this year. And then we have a USA Connection midfielder, uh, Maria Sanchez. She's probably their second most experienced midfielder and maybe their very best midfielder. And you can catch her playing for the Houston Dash on loan right now, although UANL of Liga MX Femenil, once again, actually have the rights to her. Where I really think they're going to struggle the most, I'm not sure they'll score, but the USA could end up having a field day, to be perfectly honest, as far as their own scoring, because the two goalkeepers that they list as first-teamers for the women's side in Mexico only have eight national team caps between them. Nevertheless, good luck to both, and it would be really nice to see the U.S. are going to do very, very well all the time. It would be nice to see a little bit more parity in the women's game, so I'll kind of be rooting for Mexico a little bit in this one. It would be great to see them have a super showing. And now it is time for the aforementioned three bonus matches. This is one of my favorite parts of the podcast because you, the listener, get a say in which matches we cover. About midweek, usually Tuesday or Wednesday, I put up various candidate matches for the three bonus matches. It'll be clear what I mean by that shortly. If you're a first-time listener, you get to vote. The winner gets featured. That's how the magic content gets made. And let's talk about our first one. It is a first versus last place matchup from somewhere on the globe in the top flight league that we like to call person noob, the route, 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 route of, 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 of the week, 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 week. And the one you have voted on is a Sunday match out of Lithuania's A-Liga. They're about halfway through the season there. This is one of Europe's summer leagues, as they call them. And it is between first place 
uh, Jalgiris Vilnius versus Nevisia. The management loves to get on me for my pronunciation. And of course, he's got to be thrilled that a team from a place like Lithuania ended up winning on the Twitter poll. In any case, oh, by the way, Soccer Noob USA is my handle there. If you're not voting and would like to, or just talk about any footy such as this whatsoever. As you would imagine, Villainy has had the best of it this season. They won 2-0 at home in their first meeting, and they won 0-3 in the second meeting. There's only eight teams in this league, and so they're going to play a total of four times, unfortunately for the challengers. So let's learn a little bit about each. Uh, Vilnius is the capital city of the country. This club is rated uh, just a little bit outside of the top, probably 150 in UEFA. Uh, they lead the second and third best teams by just four points, so they're not going to be sleeping in a wheel at the wheel even for a match like this. And they've got just two losses on the season. They're the defending champions, and they've won the league five out of the last eight years. So uh, quite intimidating and foreboding. Uh, Let's see, they've got the number one offense in the league going. They're the only club scoring more than twice per game, and they have the luxury of also having tied for the very best defense going. Top five league score is theirs to boast of. Francis uh, Kyrame, if I'm getting my emphases on the right syllables, out of Ghana, just 23 years old. And yeah, he's been playing pro ball a little while. He's already got three years in uh, with a pretty good uh, Serbian club, uh, Sudurlika, I believe. And then he spent 2019 with Hapoel Tel Aviv over in Israel before coming over here last season. And he's got seven goals on the year, just one off the league lead. And then your roadkill in waiting, uh, Navija. They play out of the city of uh, Kedainlai. I'm going to pronounce it. I couldn't find a pronunciation for this one. K-E-D-A-I-N-L-A-I. There you go. In any case, it's a village in the central part of the country or a small town. It's got less than 25,000 people. Interesting side note about this one. One of the only really factoids I could find out about it is despite not being a border town, there's a pretty significant Polish influence in this uh, little town. Uh, they won the second division last year, so they just got promoted. Two teams are going to get relegated out of this league, and this team is eight from safety. So yeah, they're one of the two teams that's probably going to go right back down. They've yo-yoed some over the years, and this is actually their first time back in the top flight since 2007. That said, They do have three titles to their credit historically. That said, they haven't won it since 1973. Let's see, this year, woof, just 2-1-15. and Uh, Offense, really bad. They only score about a goal every other match. Defense, they're almost twice as bad as any other team in the league, and they're the only club giving up more than two goals per game. So this could be a serious blowout. Uh, Their team-leading score, uh, the least bad player they have, let's call him, uh, is uh, Aretas uh, Gegzina, although the Z might be silent if there's some Polish influence there. He's the only guy on the team that's even scored multiple goals. He has three. Uh, Good luck to this team. They're going to need it. Uh, usually I end up predicting that it's going to be a 5-0 win, but this one, uh, depending on the motivation of Vilnius, could get out of hand uh, even more than that. Our second bonus match. You know what, person noob? Let's do our Prince ripped off theme song to start things out, shall we? Could you be the most meaningless match in the world? Yes, you could. You're so boring. (laughs) 
And why do we call it meaningless? Well, we pick out two teams, or more specifically you do on Twitter by voting for them, that are equidistant from glory and doom, from near the top of the standings where they would get an international tournament berth, and the bottom where they would finish in last place, or near the bottom maybe where they could get relegated. Yes, the most meaningless match in the world that you have voted on. It is a Friday match out of Latvia, the higher league. And it involves number six FK Spartax versus number five BFC Daugavpil. Daugavpil have had the best of it this year. They've won their first two matches against them, 2-0 and 0-3 win on the road. Uh, These teams are tied in the table. They are 14 points from third place, which would be where they would have to get to to get a Europa Conference League berth. Not going to happen. And they're 12 points from last place. And by the way, side note, there's not going to be any relegation this year from this particular league. They started with nine clubs, but they're down to eight because a team called uh, Ventspil withdrew. In any case, Daugavpil, a town of the same name as the club. It's in the southeast part of the country, about 80,000. Oh, talk about your meaningless. I couldn't even find anything interesting about this town. I did note somewhere that it is a town with a lot of red brick buildings. Why that was interesting enough for somebody to write down, I'm not really sure. Maybe red brick is in short supply in that part of the world. Couldn't even tell you. They do have one league title to their credit. They used to matter. That was back in 2013. Last year, they just finished eighth in the league. Uh, Very average on offense and defense. And rather than look at their uh, best players from the match of uh, the most meaningless match in the world, I sometimes just try to find other notable uh, people from this area who aren't always the most exciting because that's sort of in the uh, spirit of this match. Movsus Vegans. He was a chess master uh, from about 1900 to 1950 in Latvia, and he won the Latvian chess title in 1936. Ooh, la, la. Let's move on to Spartax, your home team. Uh, so the match is going to be played where they are in Yermala, which is a town just about 10 miles west of the capital city of Riga. They've got two titles. They mattered fairly recently. 2016 and 17, they got to lift the trophy last year. About the middle of the league, just like this year, number six, very average on offense and defense. Uh, Notable people related to, if not from the town, uh, of a little bit more recent historical imports than what I was able to find for uh, Daugavpil. This town, Yermala, it's on the Gulf of Riga, sort of the north-central, northwest-central part of the country. So the Gulf of Riga and then some famous river I don't remember the name of. It's a resort town. And from back in the Cold War days and a little bit beyond, it was very, very popular with the uh, big-time communists like Brezhnev and Khrushchev used to come here. Our third and final bonus match is normally the match of... Disappointed! Which pits two sad sack losing teams that are at the bottom of some domestic top-flight league somewhere in the world. But... Here in episode 37, we get to be disappointed about our match of disappointed because there was not, at the time I was scouting the games, a single league playing in the entire world that was the best one in their country that had the bottom two teams of the league happening to be facing off. I've never seen that before. So guess what? That's the end of the show. You can go home now. What are you waiting for? I feel like Matthew Broderick at the end of Ferris Bueller.
And believe it or not, that is actually how we're ending the show. So thank you very much for tuning in to episode 37 of the Tender Track Weekly World Match Previews Podcast. Again, you can find me on Twitter at Soccer Noob USA if you'd like to talk shop, including maybe finding a shorter name for the show, because quite frankly, that's a mouthful to say every single time. In any event, thank you very much to the management for all his production and editing efforts, to Dan, the former Interno Inferno, for all his inspiration and efforts every single week. Plus, of course, to my daughter, Person Noob, I love you dearly. You did great, as always, on your countdown duties. And to you for tuning in. Hey, thanks so much for finding us. We know the world is... You know, the landscape is just full of podcasts, even about football, maybe especially about football. So pleased you found us. If you like what you heard, we hope that you'll tell a footy friend. And in any case, until next time, when we hope to see you again, have a fabulous footy week. Take care. Hey.